It is Way of the Warrior, Eric Hulkren, along with Ken Evans as we roll into episode 398. So only two more left. That's right. <laughs> Until 400 and the end of time. <laughs> okay, so we're back from the holiday break, and here's the very interesting thing. Some things have happened over the two weeks. We did do a show last week. Well, no, nah, I'm you, back. Uh, okay. Fully staffed. All right. <laughs> we're at full staff We're at now. full staff. Both guys are here. Did you have somebody else? I had Nick Bailey in, but we oh, did a show. No, Nick's great. Yeah. Nick's great. Yeah. I, I was in a mountain. I couldn't download it. No, no, it's totally fine. Sorry about that. Uh, so, anyways, here's the interesting thing, I think, and maybe you can kind of catch me up or straighten me out a little bit, and I'm not sure what you and Nick actually talked about last week. It seems like, even though I was, I was out two weeks... We're sort of in the same place with MMA. We had the UFC on Fox event we'll have to talk about a little bit. An exciting, fun event, but there seems to be a lot of hand-wringing about that event, and I'm wondering what people exactly were expecting. So outside of that, is there anything else you need to catch me up on at this point? No, I mean, I I think we talked about uh, essentially that last week the UFC on Fox 33 was going to be one of the better cards of the year and it was free and bumps up against, and this is what we talked about in the show, bumps up against the thing you've been yelling about for three years is that you have too, the cookie example, you have too much stuff out there. So we roll into, and I've I've written notes for this week, you roll into UFC 227, which I'm guessing is going to be the worst pay-per-view of the year by a large margin. Hmm. You think it's going to be bad? Yes. I mean, I, I think... You, you're going to pay for this? No, no okay. that's a different thing. But but the, and that'll go to our discussion in just a minute about uh, UFC on Fox. There's a difference between a bad card, because I think a lot of people are wondering now, where is this show landing? Is this landing looking at the business side or landing looking at the fight side? Because UFC on Fox was a fun night of fights. Of course it was. UFC 27 looks like it could be a fun night of fights. Do you disagree? Dillashaw and Garbrandt, too. I mean, I'm very excited about that main event. You know, the undercard, Demetrius Johnson, that's never been my thing. I'm not going to start lying now. But I will admit that's, you know, the most dominant fighter in the UFC is on that card. You've got some filler fights. I'll give you that. But top of the card looks okay. Am I going to pay for it is a different question than how it looks. And do those questions have to be asked together now? Uh, I don't know that they have to ask be asked together. Here's what I would say is... There are some interesting questions about a rematch with Garbrandt and Dillashaw, right, Mm -hmm. in that Garbrandt may have had a 10-8 round in that first fight and then got knocked out in the second round, Mm -hmm. but he got knocked out cold. Yeah. So, to me, that doesn't leave a lot of, and I get, you know, I get where we are that we just, you you know, we just do these rematches because that's that's where we we are. Um, But when you talk about the co-main event... I love Demetrius Johnson. I've loved Demetrius Johnson since he lost to Dominic Cruz and invented his own, you know, weight class to fight in. However, <laughs> there is nothing that Henry Cejudo has to answer the question of Demetrius Johnson because the thing is, and this is what we sort of talked about last week, is those two guys are getting old together. It is not as if somebody showed up young and ready to go that's going to dethrone DJ because that's likely how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a guy that he's already downloaded his game plan and is able to just do whatever to him, which is what I see the Cejudo fight. Like, Cejudo's on a five-fight win streak. That's awesome. He does deserve a shot against DJ. That does not mean that that fight becomes interesting all of a sudden. He's on a five-fight win streak? I think it's a five-fight win streak, Oh, yeah. okay. Somebody's got to update Wikipedia then. He's crawled his way back, you know, but we can we can talk about the shallowness of the division in and, in and of itself that it's just a rinse and repeat of people to fight DJ that he just beats. 
Yeah, and I think your example kind of goes back, and I don't know why I was watching over the weekend, but I just happened to start, I was watching some of the Chris Weidman fights, and I was watching him beat Anderson Silva the first time, and how that happened. I think I think it must have happened a couple years ago on this date kind of thing. Sure. And that's kind of what you're talking about. That's going to be the guy who beats Demetrius Johnson. Yep. Is somebody we're not expecting, somebody who's young, hungry, keeps his game plan in check, and knows what he wants to do. Because if you remember that fight with Anderson Silva, uh, Chris Weidman didn't take any of the BS. He just stayed in his game plan. Anderson started ducking, bobbing, weaving, flying around the cage, things that had discombobulated and distracted other fighters. Chris just kept moving, kept his lines where he wanted them, kept moving forward, caught Anderson Silva, knocked him out. Next fight obviously breaks his leg, and we haven't seen the same from Anderson Silva since. That is the guy that we don't know who he is, where he is in that division, and how young he is and when he's going to catch Demetrius Johnson. And most importantly, we're going to be wrong about it. Oh, for sure. Right, we're going to pick DJ, and he's mm-hmm. going to get... Somebody's going to be right. I, re- I remember a lot of dudes well, the fight, leaning like, on that Weidman fight the, and going, the Weidman Chris Weidman's fight, a guy, man, he could do it. A fighter's fighter knew that Weidman right. was going to win, right? Like, But the average fan saw... The, the like in some ways we called him the reimagining of Bruce Lee at one point saw Bruce Lee beating Chris Weidman because that was just what we were going to see right so in this case you don't see it no nope. you don't you don't have any interest then in a fight with Johnson and anybody he's fought before because we've already seen it we're no what I want is him and Dillashaw and I know why it didn't happen because of the surgery and they just wanted to get this fight on but here we are they're both on the card mm-hmm. which. Well, that's good, though. I mean, as if you want to see Dillashaw and you want to see DJ, you have to get them on the same timeline. Yep, that- They're exactly on the same timeline after this fight. If they both come out with wins in fights that you don't seem interested in either of them, even the Garbrandt fight, where I think that could be interesting. It could be interesting, or it could not. Could be the, exactly the same as last time. At a minimum, if you get two wins out of here, you might have another pay-per-view. But again, pay-per-view is becoming a much looser term at this point. We talked a couple of weeks ago where they were uh, they were hoping – for maybe seven, eight hundred for DC and Stipe. They thought maybe it was five or six, and now we're hearing it's more like four forty. Tops. Tops. Right? That's not good news for the UFC. Correct. The one good thing is the UFC, just like the WWE, uh, they're cashing big TV deal checks. And the fact is that they're going to make money on all the events. So even though they're spreading the ingredients out on the cookies, they've essentially sold cookies in bulk at this point. So every <laughs> box is going to make them $4 million, yes. no matter who's on the card. But but what, what I was talking about last week, and we'll talk about again this week, is if you look at this past weekend, you have a card that's headlined by Poirier and Eddie Alvarez, co-mained by Aldo and Stevens, and Ginger Chak and Tisha Torres. Mm-hmm. And you have three great fights in a row, and you walk away going, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Contrast that seven days later, we're back to the formula that every pay-per-view has to have two titles on them, no matter what, even if you don't necessarily care about them or they don't make any sense, or we should have long ago tried to build a brand around singular titles so that we didn't have to waste them. Because Friday, before the event, there's a huge press conference where the rumor is that's where we're getting Connor Nurmagomedov. Mm-hmm. And I said this last week, I'll say this to you. And if you look at the scheduling, they have 10 events between November 1st and December 31st. That's a lot of events. And you're losing TJ and DJ this year because this will be their fight. Don't think. No, I think we can get them again. May, maybe. Maybe. Right? Well, I mean, let's remember, too. I mean, especially with DJ, we've seen him on three-month fight schedules for a long time. But we don't know. what. Like, let's don't say Cejudo runs him through the wood chipper, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. My point is, it's not a guarantee that either of those guys get to fight again. We don't know what DC wants to do. 
We know what DC wants to do. We don't, r- Yes, but his quote exactly was, Brock is my last fight, but night might not be my next. I didn't hear that. So how does he figure that's going to work? I don't know. But if, if all that's true, what does the rest of this year look like in this press conference without Jones, without DC, maybe without Max Holloway? DJ and TJ are out. Mm-hmm. You've got Rose... Well, here's my question, because you, you said we had to go, we go through a fun fight card. We had the uh, Alvarez Poirier fight. We had a lot of fun fights there. Um, finishes, which were good for the main, uh, the, the main, was it main and co-main? Yeah. I don't know how they did it that night. Uh, Joanna looked good. It was still a decision, but three round decision. I think she would have probably finished that fight in the next round or two. Yes. Going back to championship fights. My question, though, is. It didn't matter how fun that was. It's the lowest rated in series history. It got beat 1834 by live PD. Police literally knocking doors down and chasing drunk drivers beat the UFC on Saturday night. Because you are creating this ecosystem where this is the biggest question heading into Friday. In a world without Connor, mm-hmm. does anyone care? Right, because you have the return of Jose Aldo. That fight was amazing mm-hmm. and sets up a lot of interesting questions, especially if Max Holloway is going to go up to lightweight for his health. And I know I didn't get picks on that. I would have gotten that entirely wrong. I thought Jeremy Stevens was going to win. I thought Jose Aldo's on the down yeah. side of his career, and you know he went in there in one round and just looked amazing. And then you have Dustin Poirier and Alvarez, which lived up to the hype and get a bit of controversy, and you walk out of that one going, okay, Dustin Poirier at lightweight. If we don't get, if Connor or Khabib don't make it to the finish line, Poirier's next. And if that's not, if we're doing Connor. Boy, that would be a disaster, though. It would be a disaster. So if we get what we want, which is Connor and Nurmagomedov, you've got Ferguson's comeback fight. It's Ferguson Poirier. That's still a disaster compared to what you want to have for Ferguson's comeback fight. So I guess my question is, you have we topped out, and we're going to do this for the next, as long as this show lasts, the next two weeks. Yep. By <laughs> September, you can have whatever opinion you want, because we'll be done. Right. I mean, well, and we've got we've to figure this out, and maybe we'll come back with the ESPN deal. Who knows? <laughs> but you've got to figure this out. It, 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 it's a situation where it's just it's too much, and I we're beating the dead horse, and I guarantee we've lost some people just because of it, but I... We're beating the dead horse because that's what's happening on TV. Your your story out of UFC on Fox 30, I, let me find this. I had it earlier. Oh, it was MMAfighting.com. I trust them a lot. Yeah. They know what they're talking about. They've got a great staff there. Uh, they've got uh, a lot of people that know what they're talking about here. I don't necessarily know, and I know this was a Melcher story too, so he's he kind of does the numbers. I don't know who writes this headline, but it was very telling to me. Uh, the UFC headline was UFC on Fox 30 does perplexing lowest rating in serious in series history. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the time I've spent in media. Maybe you've got a different opinion. I looked at this card. I go, that's not going to do a rating. Could be fun. It's not going to do a rating. I knew it. Go- I knew it going into that weekend. It wasn't going to do a rating. Okay, let's. I don't disagree with you, but this is because you have created a star system that's devoid of stars. This is no longer a product about fighting. Mm-hmm. This is a product about Connor. Mm-hmm. So you've got these fights, all of which have ramifications. Jose Aldo's in a title 
talk now mm-hmm. because of this. Dustin Poirier's in a title talk because of this. Joanna Jinjerchik might be moving up to flyweight, which should be a title contender instantaneously. So there, are, if you care about the sport, and this is not an indictment, this is just a statement, if you care about the sport, there are ramifications on Saturday night. Ramifications mm-hmm. you should care about and ramifications that were free to watch. For sure. And you didn't pick a reason. It's the... it's summer you've got other things going on you don't care about this you've heard about connor getting you know off fairly light and back in the in the picture so Mm -hmm. you're waiting for that i don't know what it is but i'm going to tell you what this is and i'm going to tell you exactly what this is and i'm going to use a real world example i'm going to tell you that this is their version of jaguars titans okay are you watching a jaguars titans game no those two were fighting for the division last year one of them, a recent Super Bowl. Nobody's watching Jaguars-Titans. No. Fighting for the top of their division last year. It doesn't matter. And that's the biggest sport in the United States is NFL football. And to push that further, you likely would have gotten more viewership with Bears-Packers fighting for a first-round draft pick if that was a thing in the NFL. That's not a thing. It's not a thing. But like my point is, put two people that don't have that aren't going to the Super Bowl, that have brand equity in the NFL, they pull more eyeballs than anything those two teams would ever do ever. Yeah, so I mean, we had Jaguars-Titans on Saturday night for the UFC, and I wouldn't expect the Jaguars and Titans to pull a big number on a Sunday night, or a Monday night football, or a Thursday night football. And let's talk about saturation and cookies, boy. See, too many people are looking at the NFL. Man, they know what they're doing. Well, sometimes they're they're stretched a little thin. Uh, and yeah. I don't know if this is the... And I'm not saying the UFC did that, but every... Everything can reach a point of saturation, and we're well past it with the UFC, and until we see attrition, that was the most exciting thing for that, what was it, a day or two before we had details on the UFC ESPN deals. Once we had the ESPN Plus deal, and then we had the broadcast deal, I was excited. I was like, man, you know what? They're going to be making so much money on each event. By default, they're not going to have to run all these BS things to try to get a pay-per-view buy. And then, you know, we got the schedule like later that week, and... Oh, cool! Sixty-seven events, or whatever the hell number. Well, I mean, it was. it's literally more than this year. I, that's that was the thing. I, I at some point to create value, there's going to have to be attrition. That's going to have to happen with this sport. Yes, we're seeing it with Bellator. Bellator knows what they're doing. They don't throw all of their money at all their. Ra- they're pretty much on every week, right? Bellator in some version or another. Yeah, for the but you part. know what we're talking about? We're talking about October twenty-third, I believe it is. Uh twelfth and thirteenth is twelfth and thirteenth. Is that it? When we see Chal Sonnen. And Fedor fight. That's Saturday night, and then Friday night is the Mitrio. So, like, you walk out of that weekend. and With our finals. With your finals. You've got Mitrione and Bader on Friday night, and then uh, Chael and Fedor on Saturday night. And the interesting thing is the UFC seems unwilling to do that. And I'm not 100% sure if the UFC, with their level of talent being what it is versus what Bellator does, should necessarily get in that game. But they are so far away from that long-term planning as far as fight fans go. Like, hey, it's you know Dana White every week. It's fight week. Well, who the hell's fighting this week? Oh, it's Poirier. Oh, that's going to be a good fight. But I don't really care that much. You should have put that on another card I cared about more like it is the weekend I've got other things to do I'm not sure is he going to beat Eddie Alvarez Eddie Alvarez has been impressive in the past but not really here I there's just so many factors in it just it feels like with the UFC press machine and this might have been something to look at as far as Stipe and DC the UFC press machine the way it is Stipe and DC had essentially the same media buildup as a UFC fight night on Fox that is a mistake 
Yeah. I'll tell you that. That is a mistake. Yeah, we booked the fight early, but we have so much other crap going on that every week is fight week. So what are we talking about this week? Well, we've got to get our UFC Shanghai promotion in or else nobody's going to tune into the app. Who gives it about the app? you got to make dollars on DC and Stipe. That should have been – that's one thing that Connor did a great job at, and they've gotten away from it, and I don't know if it's because of all the issues and the bottle throwing and all the fighters on stage, and you see the thing that happened with Kevin Lee uh, where he was kind of uh, goaded into a situation. He wasn't goaded into a situation. He goaded the other guy into the situation. But you used to see at these events, what they would do is basically say, okay, every fighter that's going to be fighting for the next four months – Bringing them all in on stage. And what would happen and what Conor McGregor was great at and why his fight sold, he just took those things over. Didn't matter if his fight was next week, next month, or in three months. And you- Conor was talking crap about the guy he's going to fight, telling us what he was going to do, and he owned the press conferences. So if we're on UFC hypothetically 210, Conor's not fighting until 220. You know what? After we left the 210 press conference... We're all talking about 220, and we're all waiting to spend our money. We can't wait to give you our money. Can we give you our money now? Not yet? Okay. How about now? Can I give you my money? I want them. Here. Here's my money. Can I give it to you now? And And it feels like they're away from that long-term planning for some of their bigger events, and that's why you end up with a super fight with two champions doing 440,000 pay-per-view buys. And they're getting back to it sort of on Friday when they do this big press conference which may look exactly like what you just said allegedly my question though is when you look at november 1 through december 31st what are the other nine events and will anyone watch them that's going to be the big deal and the thing that's going to have to happen here and we'll we'll see how espn fight nights are opposed to ufc on fox i mean there's a little bit of riding out the deal at this point so you're going to see, and, and again, they didn't give Fox a bad card, but they didn't give Fox a card that was going to do a rating. No, but they gave, so, but as a sport, like, I don't disagree with you, but, but over the course of this year, this card had the most to gain for the fighters involved and delivered on the product. And so you have clearly created an ecosystem where that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. So I guess my question is, you're not gonna, what are we doing? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Because if you can't get people to pay attention to that, which gives you a contender at lightweight, gives you a contender at flyweight mm-hmm. or at featherweight, gives you a contender at flyweight for the women, mm-hmm. pulls three contenders out of that thing, and you still don't care. I don't. What you're doing, and this is what Luke Thomas was talking about, <clears throat> is you're paying the debt down on what you've built with this two-champion pay-per-view model that you've created, and eventually you run out of runway and you're stuck. Yeah. And so what you're you're paying this now, where the rest of this year, as we as you just said, ride this deal out. These aren't going to do very well. They're not going to be promoted very well, and I think they're going to pray that they get to hit reset in January. And I'm not sure that that's even true because you've added eight more yeah. events. That's the problem. Is I think at some point you've got to have some attrition on these pay per views, and you would think somebody would look at the dollar amounts and go, "Hey, we we're going to make money. We don't necessarily need to kill ourselves to set up these next pay per views and run twelve pay per view. I mean, actually, it's twelve to fourteen a year." I believe. I don't know what their schedule looks like next year. There's an opportunity for two more, 14 of them? Well, we've had a couple that have doubled up in months. So I I was just doing loose math from memory. I guess we could look at this, too, later. Um, I just... There has to be some attrition, and here's here's the thing. And this is this is 
not to get too deep in the weeds, and we'll start talking about uh, what happened last weekend a little more, and obviously what's coming up this weekend. But I, I think you and I have both more experience than we'd care to admit in corporate media structures. Right. And I look at all this, and people go, "Man, why don't they do this? Why don't they do this? Why don't they do this?" You know why? Because somebody paid four billion dollars for that company. Yep. And they're not going to take the view. And it's happened in many, many places. They're not going to take the long view of like, guys, if we do six pay-per-views a year, the next three years, we're going to be able to rebuild this thing and really make these things events. No, we need ticket sales. We need pay-per-view dollars. We need that. Yeah, but guys, we're not making that much. Nope, we paid $4 billion for this company. 14 pay-per-views, 63 events a year. You're going to be on ESPN. Go make me money. And they might make money. I mean, that's the interesting thing about all of this. We can criticize how these cards end up and where the ratings end up. I'm still seeing sponsors in the cage. I'm seeing big money deals made. They're resetting a deal with EA Sports now. They're going to be looking at this Reebok deal when it's up, I believe, next year. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, yeah, it seems crazy, but it has been a while now. So, And somebody's going to want that. I mean... This is live event programming still, which is still, which is becoming the last holy grail on TV, regardless of what it is. I mean, again, a billion dollars to the WWE because they run live event programming. They're scripted. We, yep. we, we know it's scripted, but it's still live event. So, hey, you know what? Between NBC Universal and Fox, they've got a billion dollars to run their events. UFC got a lot of money. I think what are they at? Like half a billion? Yes. With the de- with yep. the deals with ESPN, they got a lot of money to run their events. So, we can we can complain. We can look at ratings and go, "Oh man, this is down. This is the end of UFC." It's not the end of UFC. They've got a lot of money. They got a lot of money. Bellator's got Viacom behind it. They got a lot of money. We may be landing in a spot where maybe you and I aren't the happiest all the time, but they're going to keep trudging along and they're making money and this is a viable sport and we're going to sell tickets because you know what? The UFC brand, if we go to Iowa, we're going to fill 12,000 seats because we're the UFC and nothing else comes to Iowa, but we're going to come and we're going to bring a fight night for ESPN+. Plus. We're going to bring this thing for ESPN. We're going to bring this thing on FS1. So I don't know where we land. I think at a certain point you have to wonder if we just forget about the ratings, if we forget about the money. And because I don't know the health of the UFC, I don't know if it's in danger the way we've kind of thought about it in the past. I don't know. Look, I don't know that it's in danger um, as much as I just wonder from a product set. If you lose the base or any percentage of the base, right, because we're we're walking into and then I promise we'll get to talk about fights next. Like we're walking into a future in March of 2019 where we would lose Brock permanently, DC permanently. Connor permanently, right? Like we might lose maybe Brock permanently, but maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's a world where we might lose that stuff. We might never get Jones back if he can't get this thing started or figured out. Yeah. Right. Um, and now what? Cause you've really, you haven't really built much of anything on the backs of anybody else. And you've got a couple guys out there that are interesting, but you don't seem to double down on promoting them. So, well, here let's go back to the Woodley thing. A couple years ago, when he won the title, he wanted the GSP fight. That's the fight UFC should have made. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're back. History repeats itself, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, so now, and I, I only bring up Woodley because we're to a point where we got Tyrone Woodley, who should be a much bigger, better name than he is, still a champion. Fighting Darren Till, and that is your headlining fight on a pay-per-view card. That again is not going to do that great. I'm telling and, you right now. And, and you and you missed 
right? You missed the the story, right? Mm-hmm. The story was Tyron Woodley. Lots of people love him. Lots of people hate him. Colby Covington. Lots of people love him. Lots right. of people hate him. A built-in rivalry of one champion who wants to bring the belt to Donald Trump and one champion who wants to keep it in the UFC. And you go, yeah, but we did this thing where we booked a flyweight champion you never heard of at the top of the card, so we need help. So, Colby, we're going to strip you after 53 days of being a champion. Interim, right? Yeah, interim champion. And throw that belt in the garbage. We're going to give it to Darren Till, who missed weight in his last fight. No matter the reason, he did miss weight. Give him the shot against Woodley because we need a championship fight that makes no sense because it's a championship fight to put at the top of the pay-per-view that's not going to do well. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I mean, you know, coming home to roost comes to mind when you think about this, and it feels like, and that's a very specific example, it feels like they wanted to keep Tyrone Woodley in line. They didn't want any more Connors at that point. Connor was holding them over barrels. And from a business standpoint, I understand it somewhat. But from the other business standpoint, man, you've got to let your players and your talents make money and be big stars. You know, it, it, where I work, if I make a lot of money, my radio station's making a lot of money, Eric. Sure. And vice versa. So you to kind of hold these guys down and go, you're not getting that big money fight back. You're going to fight Wonder Boy twice, which ended up being two cool fights, but certainly wasn't that wasn't groundbreaking for Tyron Woodley. That wasn't something that you could have easily done those fights after the GSP fight. And yep. let's remember, that was a possibility, people. Some people are going, oh, GSP wouldn't have taken that. And no, 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 no. I, I, at that point, that was a real possibility. And the UFC basically crapped on it saying, no, we, we're about contenders all of a sudden. Just kidding. Not really. Exactly. So, I mean, that, I use that as a real example because we're going to see a UFC 227 this weekend, right? Yes. <laughs> Lord willing. Right? That tells you. And then UFC 228 is next. So I took a quick look at the card. I'm like, Woodley, man, he should be a much bigger star now. That should, Woodley was a guy a couple years ago where we were looking at him and we were saying something along the lines like, hey, he's going to help. He's going to be that next guy. He's going to be an- another Weidman maybe. Uh, not necessarily John Jones or Silva. That's not fair to dudes. But another guy who could sell pay-per-views and drive some uh, revenue here and there and that fans are either going to get behind or maybe hate, like you said. Well, and you're, you're seeing it this weekend as a segue to this weekend. The TJ Cody fight. Two former training partners who hate each other. In the last fight, Cody knocked TJ down in the first round, may have a 10-8 round, then got knocked out and lost his belt. Mm -hmm. Instant rematch, even more heat. You had this. You had this. This is the part, and this is what I wrote uh, on the the Facebook page, right? We're going to find out this weekend how much the MMA gods really do hate us based on what happens on Friday and what happens on Saturday. You had the Colby-Woodley fight for September, and now it's gone. And if you're one of the people that's like, we'll just roll it back when Woodley beats Darren, T- you haven't been following the sport at all. Because mm-hmm. what's going to happen is if Woodley wins, his arm will fall out of socket or whatever, and we'll, we'll have to wait seven months for it to be back, and Colby will have to be on a... <laughs> like, because you've already booked, I mean, you've already booked Colby Covington versus Usman. Mm-hmm. So you don't even know if, if Colby loses that fight, it's all gone. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think. I would hope. I guess, I, I guess I shouldn't say I don't think. I would hope the UFC is no longer counting on fighters winning fights to then lay things out in the future. I think if you're, you're the UFC, and at the at the risk of sounding like I'm I'm calling for them to hot shot, 
I think more and more often you've got to make your best fights as quickly as you can, your most interesting fights as quickly as you can, and you have to make a commitment to it. Uh, what's the fight we just set up? I'm sorry. You were, you were just talking about we the, were who the, we should have been. Who we should have been should have yeah. been Woodley and Covington. So we set up Woodley and Covington. That's the most interesting fight you can make. Is that? Would you agree with that? Interim champ versus champ? Right yes. now. Okay. Yes. We make that fight, and it doesn't do a good pay-per-view buy. That doesn't mean we scrap the plan. You have to keep making those fights, because I'm going to tell you what Woodley and Covington would have done, even with champion versus champion interim championship fight. I'm going to give you the number, 228. I was going to say three, but okay, yes. 228 is what it was going to do. But you still have to keep doing it, and I feel like... Maybe somewhere in the company, when you do that, and you go, oh, see, it didn't work, so we might as well just do what we did before. That's not successful. You can't keep doing what you did before, and we're starting to get into, um, I think slump was fair to categorize this for a while. We're starting to get into a routine that is not great for the UFC as far as fan interest in their fights, in their fighters. Yes. You know? Which leads us to this weekend, UFC 227. <laughs> UFC 227, disinterested. TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt, two. You've got DJ and Cejudo, two, topping off the card. Cub Swanson is on this card for his 44th fight, which wow. is crazy to think. Um, and remember, 227 was headlined by, um, or yeah, was going to be headlined by Gus and Ozemir, and that was canceled. Um, so one got hurt, being Gustafson, then Ozemir pulled out. Uh, sorry, Ozemir pulled out first, Gustafson pulled out second um and you were going to have uh smith off of his victory over shogun was going to take the place of ozamir and there's a whole bunch of rumors flowing around that gus just didn't want to fight smith so that's why he was injured which i think is interesting i think that's going to be at some point our interim light heavyweight fight or our championship fight depending on what what daniel cormier does but let's break this down what top of the card tj and cody you you started the show by saying you're interested in this. Why? I'm interested because of that first round of their first fight. I kind of like Cody. I've liked his attitude. Sure. I I watched a little bit of that Ultimate Fighter, which, if you know me, is a big, big step. <laughs> like I got, I, I watched one episode. I was like, hey, I might watch. I didn't watch anymore, but I watched the episode, and I was interested enough. They're both good fighters. I, I've always kind of liked this bantamweight division. Uh, I think it's interesting enough, but that's you know, it's the best option, right? I'm, I, I'm not trying to sell you on this fight. Don't be mistaken, Eric. No, no. I mean, the, it's the best option the, at the, bantamweight. The best option was TJ DJ, which we couldn't make happen. The second best. Well, option, I'm looking at the guys that have been in the, the division. I know the TJ second, doesn't want to move, or DJ doesn't want to move. The up. second best option is this. Okay, but if <laughs> Cody loses, you only have one more option because both of these divisions, flyweight and bantamweight, are you know lacking in the depth pool mm-hmm. right like there isn't a lot of fights we want to see out of tj and if he beats Cejudo, there's nothing left for dj at this point mm-hmm. and so that was that is what you have to do next which to your point of like we got to go through Just keep making we got to go through the crucible fights. right like go through the crucible we're here let's do this so if those two make it out we book the super fight now here's here's something i was wondering because i know um I know he said he was going to be back, and I remember him, I mean, this was, we posted it, this was almost a year ago, almost two years ago, I think, at this point. Dominic Cruz. He got cleared, whatever, a week and a half ago. Is that, okay, so he's finally cleared, because he said he was coming back, and he's, by, we're a year and a half right now. I'm I'm looking at my screen, which has a calendar. Eric's looking at, what are you looking at in the room? My screen's got a calendar. Um, it, It was December 30th of 2016. 
I mean, now obviously if Cody wins, you can't just have him come back against the guy who beat him, although it was a five-round decision, which in the UFC might as well be a win as far as rematches are concerned. (laughs) But you can't necessarily just have him come back in. But what you could have is a very interesting situation where if Dillashaw wins again, Dillashaw-Cruz could be interesting, right? Because you've got got TJ who would be going to try to get that win back because he lost, I believe, to Cruz back. um, 16. Was it six? Oh, I felt like longer than that. so, I mean, that would be, again, like you said, we're going to call it the UFC Crucible, where the ultimate fighting crucible, where we just have to keep making the most interesting fights. I think that's your most interesting fight if Cruz is cleared, which we could see something on Saturday night. Maybe he's waiting to say something. I'm sure he'll be there as part of the UFC on Fox team because he usually is with the yeah. FS1 pre-shows, right? He's not calling the fight. It's going to be Anik. Um, right, but he's usually on the panels. DC and Rogan, but he'll be on the panels. Um, and. Remember, Cruz has only two losses on his record, uh, one of which he avenged in Uriah Faber and has yet to avenge this one. So if Garbrandt wins, that makes for a really interesting... Yeah, but that can't be his next fight. I think... I think No, but like, there's but, a reason for him maybe to be can, there, right? Right, exactly. And it was a five-round decision, so you never know. No, no, I... I'm not advocating, but again, like you said, it might as well have been a win than at that point. Right, as, so, as far as the UFC trying to make, whatever. make matches. You don't need to make weight or win anymore to get a title fight, so might as well just Just do, be interesting just and a name. Do whatever. Um, I do think, though, that this will be the worst pay-per-view of the year. Followed closely Quality? by... No, 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 no. Followed closely by next pay-per-view. Which, yeah, it'll be interesting. Which will 100% be the worst one of the year. See, I think I think there's enough interest in Woodley. Now we're talking about semantics here. Like, I think Woodley, they, I think they're going to do 228. If this breaks two, I'll be surprised. Dillashaw and Garbrandt. Yes. So yeah. what else do we have on this card? We've got uh, DJ and Cejudo 2. Um, and you remember, this was one of the only fights I was actually excited about. Because I think they did a great job with Henry Cejudo at that point. Like, oh, man, look at this legit background. Look at all these trophies on the wall. You know, they did – the UFC did a real – I don't even remember yeah, they did what awesome they – job. Build him up. He was an Olympic hero. Going to be the first guy to – wait, he lost in one round with I knees to the that. face. But, Sorry about that. But considering all of our discussion today, I'm kind of wondering where that kind of stuff is gone or maybe I'm just missing the product now. No, I – so this is – and I, again – I know for some of you who don't like to talk about business, this might bore you, but this is the point. Is like, I unless I go seeking it out to do a show, mm-hmm. which is what I end up doing, I don't see anything. Yeah, I'm a 40-year-old male that's right in the Target demo that has money to burn. I've been watching it for 15 years. I don't see anything unless I go look for it. Yeah. Nothing. How much money you got to burn? What's going on over there? <laughs> My point being like... <laughs> $70 doesn't scare me away if I'm interested in it. If you're point, interested. Right? But you're not You're not even talking to me. But $70 might as well be 700 if you don't care. Correct. If you don't care, you're like, why would I give you $70? So, you've, I mean, like, you've got this incredible story, obviously, about DJ who invents his own weight class, seemingly, and mm-hmm. has just run through everybody that's in it. And if he beats Cejudo, I don't know what is left for him. Um, well, I, what's left for him is that Dillashaw fight. If it's not that, I don't know what's left for him. Would right? you rather see Dillashaw Cruz or Dillashaw DJ? Dillashaw DJ. I think I'm with you, even though I don't think that's as competitive and, of a fight. And dear God, I mean, like... What the, weight class? Is Dillashaw going to drop? That was the rumor. 
Because there was a rumor for a while. Would you like to see it at catch weight? And these guys okay. are still both holding I'm okay up belts. With that yeah, I don't like the belts. Are, we know that the belts don't mean anything. You said that a week ago. You right. see, they don't mean anything. So who cares? All right, have fair them, enough. Have them fight at twenty nine and a half. I don't care. All right, right. Um, but if you want to get me interested, like the two fights I would love to see. If you know, I don't know if DJ's close to retiring, but like, what else do you have to do? Right, right. I'd love to see this. Uh, TJ DJ super fight pick a weight I don't care and then I would love if his last fight was Cruz's last fight for a rematch of that thing that sent him down to 25 originally oh so you want to see DJ and Dominic Cruz I would love to see that fight again I think that'd be an interesting fight too roll it back at 130 are we paying for that or has that got to be on Fox or ESPN Plus uh, or whatever? I mean, like I am, I, like I said, I'm a fan of T of DJ, I should say. So I would be into that. And I think now you're starting to do what I, why I'm interested in the sport, right? Mm-hmm. I'm interested in the Michael Bisping story of taking a dynamic fight, matchups, dynamic stories, taking a, a fight in two weeks' notice and beating Luke Rockhold and becoming the champion. All in on that story. Hey, you might not remember this, but a decade ago, Dominic Cruz and TJ or and DJ fought mm-hmm. and Dominic Cruz was just a little bit faster and ended up winning a decision and becomes the champion at 135 that sends DJ down to a weight class that didn't exist right and then he beat still every- doesn't really exist and then he beat everybody after he beat Ian McCall right they had a draw and then we were off to the races he beat everybody fair enough we can run that one back and these two guys are going to retire after this fight you get Demetrius Johnson and Dominic Cruz at 130 to close out their careers Fought once, they're going to fight again. That's a story I'm into. Here's the fun thing, though, that I think is kind of funny is uh, we're trying to give them options as we kind of fantasy book here, and your fights are retirement fights. We give them options, and then we get rid of the fighters. Well, what, like, what are they going to do? Like, what else does Demetrius Johnson need to do? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. What about no? The, I'm, I'm, at, I'm literally. No, I, at, what else does he need? No, to do? I don't know that he needs to do anything. Do these guys need to fight into the Tito Chuck era. Like, do they need to be fifty six? It depends. Do they want that division to continue or not? Do they want that? So div- you're saying that that one twenty five can't exist without a Demetrius Johnson? It can't exist unless somebody beats Demetrius Johnson. It can't. Oh, the, so we don't give a crap about the, a one twenty five tournament. The GSP model, maybe not quite. But what I'm saying is like. There was a, a shadow that held over 170 and probably still does because he never yeah, actually but there were lost. A, yeah, but there were a lot of fighters that we can't. No, this is 10 times worse than that if you want to talk about because we don't know or care about any of these fighters at all. At least at 170, there were a lot of guys like Hendricks and like uh, who was in there at that point in the division. But, but they still don't pull any numbers because we don't really care. We're, we now, did, though, compa- compared to 125. Oh, 100%. We the only way I care about 125 is if it becomes an intergender division. That's when I'm going to care. <laughs> Dear God. Which, you know, I mean, hey. We are not doing this. Equality. Whatever, whatever this is, we're not doing Equal- I'm just saying, if they both weigh 125, why not? There's a lot of reasons why, why not. not. There's a lot of reasons why uh, not. Tweet us at Wow Show, why no, not? You'll be wrong. Do not tweet us at Wow Show. You will not tweet be Tweet us why. Feed's blown up already. I, you I, haven't even uploaded. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. Um, but if you're DJ... And let's say you beat Dillashaw at 130 and you beat Cruz. What else do you need? To, do you need to go down and lose it? Right? Like one of the interesting things I, I heard, I think it was Rogan talking about it or Luke Thomas, I, that this theory that George was trying to 
to pass oh, yeah, the torch, I, I, right? I, I actually, I heard um, Chal Sonnen was talking to Luke Thomas about this. Chal was, I mean, sorry, GSP was trying to pass the torch and no one could take it from him. He's yeah, because like, he said, because Chal said he's going to go out on his back. Yeah. And he feels like that's what he owes to the business of MMA. Like at some point you have to give back and you are going to lose. Father Time's going to catch up with you and he's he's going out there to win every time, but one day he's going to go out on his back. And he said he has a lot of respect for fighters who do that and he loses respect for fighters that don't. And he said the only guy that's kind of the, the exception of the rule, I feel like GSP was trying to give the damn thing back for a year or two before he retired the first time. He was just so damn good that he wasn't losing. Yes, and so... Um that's I guess that's that's where I am because at 125 I mean you've got a guy 125 you have to go out on your back you, and I don't know when or else that division's toast man I get it but like we get rid of it when and it's fine when you're doing flying arm bars on your opponents for fun like who is gonna beat you and maybe that division should not exist because of that I mean that's a hard question too in this in this world where everybody the, gets a participation trophy like uh, what about the 125 guys how about they gain 10 pounds yeah. Okay. So here, but here's the wrench in that scenario is maybe there's a reason one guy's been dominant 37 it, times. Is that your number two pound for pound fighter in the UFC is at 125, which so could be an anomaly because of the division existing? You, okay. No. Well, I, that seems like an insane argument. Like he's only good because of his weight. That's your argument. Well, what was his last fight at 135? He lost to Dominic Cruz. Okay. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying those fighters aren't okay or good even. I'm just saying there's nobody caring about the division, man. That's a different argument than the only reason you're good is but, because you weigh 125. And, well, and he's in a division that's, and that's, yes, that's a perfectly valid argument. That's the same argument we use at the top end of the UFC, except people care about heavyweights. The reason Stipe Miocic is so great and he did so well for so long and he was the most decorated heavyweight is because that division, when you get that heavy, you tend to have high-skilled guys that can do outstanding things because there's so many low-skilled guys. You have to think the inverse is true on the lower end. The difference being, at least in the high end, people care about those dudes. So if he's whooping somebody's ass because they're kind of sloppy because they're big and heavy, and I'm not saying that's what Stipe did, but at least people are interested. You could certainly have the inverse true. And that's also why when we really start talking about MMA, where do things get ugly? Where do things go, man, anybody can win anytime. We don't know what the hell is going to happen. Where Heavy, does that happen? Heavyweight. No. No, you know where that actually really happens? 170 and 185. Okay. You know why? Because that's what most dudes weigh. And that's the biggest, that's the biggest pool of talent there is. Because that's where guys that weigh 200 pounds cut to 185, and guys that weigh 185, crazily enough, cut to 170. And that's what the average dude in MMA weighs, somewhere in between there. And that's why that is the true shark tank. That's why we've had so many damn interim championships, so many guys floating back and forth, why we can't seem to keep a guy at 185 for more than two or three fights now. That's why that division is the way it is. The inverse, you know, I'm not necessarily attributing causation here, but you have to look at it and go, 
Well, the talent pool is smaller down there, so he's going to be more dominant. Does that take away from what he's done? No. Okay, but he won 14 fights at 35 before he met Dominic Cruz, then wins all the fights at, like... Right, but that doesn't take anything away from the fact of what he even did at 125. I'm just saying that division in and of itself, nobody's going to give a crap about after DJ's gone, because they barely give a crap I about it now. I 100% agree with that statement. I do not agree that we're going to judge fighters based on how good they are because of what they weigh. Really? So you're saying there's so many female fighters. We did the wait. Stop for for a second. Stop. If the same human being in Demetrius Johnson weighs 205 pounds and can do the same thing, what's the difference? He doesn't, though. I am aware he doesn't. This is why you won't let women fight him at 125. Because that's stupid. That's why that that's a dumb idea. I'm for equality on the show. This is not about equality. This is about dumb ideas. That's a dumb idea. I just will not buy the argument that we're going to go, well, you were only good because you're... Rhonda, I, you did were I o- say that? Rhonda, you were only good because there was a division at 135 and not 45 because Cyborg would have taken your belt. But she didn't because it never happened, so therefore you're not really good. That We're doing that argument? No. Okay. We're going to modify that argument. Okay. You were only as dominant as you were. That doesn't take away that you were great, but your dominance is now... Not in question. That's the wrong term. But your dominance can ca- can be attributed to the division you were in. You, but you're holding him accountable for that? No, not like, at is all. Is he supposed to go scout people no, and I'm, go, you should fight me because this would be interesting. No, I'm not holding him accountable. But let, let's go. I, 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 wanna, I feel like we're not off track because who cares. But I want to roll back to where we started. Does he have to lose for that division to exist in the UFC? I totally agree with yes. that statement. My question, though, is two th- one, you can't dissolve it when he disappears. Yeah, you can. You could do any. We've learned you can I'll do- type up the letter right now. You can do the anything. division's been dissolved. Love, Ken Evans. Attention, all flyweight <laughs> right. fighters. You are no longer needed. I'll go, uh, I'll go to that uh, FedEx Kinko's. I'll get one of those like old school scrolly things and I'll stand up on a freaking tree stump you and will- read it out loud. So while you're reading that parchment, I have two questions to ask you. One, Oh, what? I should probably not stand on the tree stump for that division. I should probably be as close to the ground as possible. Yes, because you're three feet taller than them. Um, one. Hello, Lilliputins. <laughs> one. For, for those for those of you who don't Google Gulliver's, Gulliver's Travels, you should probably do that so that joke makes sense. Um, wh- what does the UFC do in 2019? Let's say that all this happens this year. What does the UFC do in 2019 when they have 68 events and they just dissolved a division? Because 125 was keeping those things going? No, no, but you need people to fight. Nah. Okay. Nah. How do you... They, they might have that M1 deal set up, which is going to bring in an influx let's, of talent. Let's remember that prior to somebody walking into their office and pointing out the poster they put on the internet, they thought it was a good idea to put a flyweight women's champ at the top of a pay-per-view. Until somebody walked in the office and just went, hey, boss... This is never going to, like, literally never going to work. Like, don't do that. Like, this won't. I, I work here and don't know who this is. <laughs> I, f- I think, actually, the top of that poster was originally the uh, uh, unlock a character type of UFC graphic. EA3 DLC right. for October coming. is uh, this person. Yeah, whoever signs are going to put their picture on this. So, I like, let's remember that that was a thing. Just 13 days ago, they put a poster out with this person at the top that most people didn't know existed and then went, oh, no. Hey, 
Colby Covington, sorry about this. You're no longer interim champ. That never happened. Mm-hmm. You're not needed here. We need Darren Till and, and Woodley because you're not ready. I don't disagree with you there. Oh, but, but I'm still thinking we could smoke 125 without but affecting But you added anything. eight more events. Here's here's the other thing. And Are I, you just... I, okay, no, 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 like no, no. I'm no. just talking to myself. Eight no, more events. I'm listening. Okay. I'm listening. here Because I'm about to answer that direct question. Because one thing we've realized, and we talked about this earlier, we're not seeing the attrition we need to in the events. Perhaps, perhaps what we can see, though, is an attrition in fights. Do we need 10, 12, 13 fights I, on a card? I'm, where do I sign that? I'll sign right. that all day long. Because we were talking about this last week. The Hamburg card was a Sunday afternoon headlined by Smith and Shogun that was seven hours and 45 minutes. I didn't know I was going to see that fight card. I was like, oh, that's going to be too early. And then I remember getting home because I had driven back from Ted. Like, this thing's still on. This is the main event. And so my question, when I, you know, somebody at work was saying, well, it's not really the UFC line. It's not really for you. Uh, Okay, fine. I don't disagree. It's not for me on a Sunday afternoon. Who is the person that shows up at the venue and then goes through two full meals before the venue sends him home? <laughs> Who is that person? Who is that person? Because we've been to large-scale UFC events, and we've been to large-scale boxing events. And even boxing events that are dead and that start early, they don't chuck fights out there the whole time the way UFC does. No. When, when, we, when we've been at large-scale boxing events, uh, let's say something's starting at 10 on the East Coast, it's probably starting almost at 6, actually, but what we noticed, uh, and we were both surprised by this because we come from the MMA world. At least I was surprised. I think we talked about it a little bit when we were there. They put a fight on like at 6.30. Then hell, they wait a half hour. You want to wander around? You want to do things in the stadium? Okay, then another one. They basically filled four hours with 25, 30, 40 minutes of fighting? Yep. And they didn't care because they know you don't care. They're like, we got to see some of our guys, and we got guys we want to get on the card, but we're not going to kill ourselves trudging fighter, 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 fighter after fighter out there. And what you see in the UFC events, especially when you watch the prelims on Fight Pass, is there's no one in the arena. Right. Till the main card starts. Mm-hmm. Which, tell, like, I get it. You got their ticket price. I got that. But they're telling you what they want to watch. Mm-hmm. For sure. And what they're telling you, too, and and again, I don't know how much of this is scouting and how much is viability on other cards, but what they're also telling you is you've got too many fights on a card. Yeah. You need to retrain people. And, you know, we're here's another thing, too, and I, I, I'm i seeing this more with concerts, and I don't know if you've noticed this. They're, they're, they're stopping with three or four openers because they know that people aren't coming out. Yep. And they're curating a band, is curating, or an artist is curating – very tightly now. They want somebody that makes sense in front of them that will still that will get the crowd warmed up and will not have an empty room because the main artist doesn't want to walk in to a room that hasn't been warmed up and also a room that's just getting there. And I'm even seeing this in concerts now because you know even five, six, seven years ago, if you and I would go to a show, we could easily be two hours late and not miss a thing. Yes. And more recently, you can't do that. You can still show up later and miss an opener, but a lot of times it's an opener instead of two or three guys. And what's really interesting in the concert world, right, is some venues are leaning into this so hardcore, they're going to tell you. They tell you. Your band goes on at 9.15. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you'll, cool. you'll Facebook, you, you, you send a Facebook message to the venue in this town, they'll tell you exactly when it's going to happen because they want you to have the best experience possible. And if you want to go, like... When you're a concert venue, you're connected to an ecosystem. And if you want to eat dinner in that town, they want you to eat dinner in that town so that that restaurant goes, when that venue has this show, we get this money 
Love mm-hmm. it, right? So, again, that's a, a little bit of an aside, but I think something to definitely look at. If we're not going to see event attritions, maybe we need to see attrition within the events. Who are you picking this weekend? Uh, I don't know. Just, I'm getting rid of 125, though. Okay, so uh, that fight doesn't even happen. So right, no, that's gone. Because I Hear ye, hear ye. We don't care after this fight. Uh, I will pick... I think I'm going to pick Cody Garbrandt. I think he's going to come. Maybe that's why I'm interested in the fight, because I think he's going to kind of look at things, see what went wrong, and come back and kind of try to build on that first round and not make the same mistake he did in the second round last time. How do you think it happens? TKO third round. Okay. I have the exact same thing for the exact opposite fighter. All right. So, that, you know what? If we're right, that's three rounds in a main event. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, okay. What about Comain? Oh, well, you've said it a hundred times. It's going to be DJ. Cejudo's not going to surprise us with anything new. Do you think he finishes him again? Maybe not. I mean, I think Cejudo's that good that he's maybe one of those dudes who's looked at all the tape. But, I mean, the fact that he's he still lost two out of his last four fights. I, I, he shouldn't be there. It's just like you said. He shouldn't be there. So, there you go. All right. As always, you can follow along on Twitter and Facebook at Wow Show. I am Eric Hulkerin. That is Ken Evans. And this is Way of the Warrior.